Welcome to Always Real Talk. I'm Kwame Brown, and uh, in the studio we have uh, my good friend. Yep, she is a Hampton graduate, a Howard graduate, a Howard Law graduate. There's a lot of HUs going on there. But uh, most importantly, she is uh, the publisher of one of the most respected newspapers in the country. She's my good friend, Denise Rolock Barnes. Welcome to Always Real Talk. Kwame, it's a pleasure to be here. I've wa I've watched the show several times, and I, you know, always click on. I know that you've been busy, and I'm excited that you've you sort of transitioned into this space because um, you were great uh, as a member of the city council. You were great uh, when you were working with the uh, what was the business association? The, oh, um, yeah, the minority supplier development. Minority supplier. I mean, you got it. You certainly got it when it came to uh, black businesses, but particularly black-owned businesses. So. And now you're getting it as far as uh, journalism is concerned. So I know this is a this is a great program. So I'm glad to be a part. Well, let me. I have to say that you know it's you know watching as you know someone from the district and you're a second generation, of course, in terms of this business. My my father used to always have so much respect for for your dad. And right. I followed you guys, you know, growing up and understanding the power of communications but always reading to get a different narrative, right? Because sometimes you get a narrative that you may not get from someone that one looks like you and two uh, from locally. So I wanna say just from me, I'm here because of you and your dad. And uh, of course, another person I always admired was you, Jim Vance, you know, Jim, Jim was Jim, but I like Jim. Well, that's a whole nother category, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed to be that's a, that's <laughs> listed whole, among that group. Yeah. Jim had, you know, way that I liked and respected. And of course, uh, uh, Bruce, uh, uh, Bruce Johnson, Johnson, but, you mm -hmm. know, open the door for people like me. But as you know, the black press today um, is looked upon in so many different ways. You know, there's a presidential race going on. And anytime there's a presidential race, you know, you do have one party that will, especially Democrats, will reach out and get all the black folks on TV to talk about, you know, what's the importance of getting black people out to vote. And as you know, election time, it's about getting people of color to the polls and then black press becomes important and everyone wants to, you know, get that message out. I got that. Well, but, I'm glad you said that, but go oh ahead. My, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you it, got it, that. It, it, and what, what gets me is that we know that the election is in a couple months away. And they've been spending, an, you can't say it, but I'm going to say it. They've been spending for years an incredible amount of money. And yet they don't spend any money with the black press. But we all know that without the black community, there is no victory and path to the White House. Right. So, you know, it's almost interesting that it's hopefully people are starting to put the money where the mouth is, which clearly hasn't happened. Uh, but the last 30 days, you and I know, there'll be some big expenditures and they'll trickle down some dollars and uh, they'll say, hey, we try to help the black press. But I want to go specifically to all of the racial tension that's going on in the city and the role of the black press at this particular moment in terms of, you know, everyone is trying to tell the black story. Everyone is trying to tell the black experience. There are people that aren't black that are talking to me about what it means to be black. Um, mm -hmm. And reporters and journalists are trying their best to be so sensitive and talk to me about how I feel. Um, what do you think the role is now for black press to really articulate, you know, the real meaning of how people of color feel by having black and brown journalists tell the story? 
Well, first, I'm going to go back to your first point about uh, the expenditures of ad dollars in Black-owned newspapers by the Democrats and the Republicans. They are rare and scarce. Uh, and that is not in just this election, but in past elections. It's always uh, been that way. I think uh, the largest spend that I am aware of uh, in, in Black-owned newspapers was done recently by... Um, uh, Bloomberg, when he announced that he was going to run, and he bought advertising in just about every black-owned newspaper in the country um, uh, through the National Newspaper Publishers Association. We did get some advertising last year with the Hillary Clinton, I mean, not last year, but the last election, Hillary Clinton um, spent some dollars, uh, you know, towards the end, like you said, for her campaign. And... Um, uh, we rare, we didn't get much during uh, the Obama administration, although there was a commitment by the DNC uh, to spend some money with us um, uh, uh, during the, I think it was the 2012 election. Um, but the money has, has, it has not flowed to the black press. And we've complained about it um, and, and urged and sent, I mean, we've done everything that we were supposed to do and everybody else has done, but the allocations are just not there. And we're not just looking for Democratic dollars. We're looking for dollars from the Republicans as well, because we know there are large, even though a lot of them are in the closet, but there are a large number of black Republicans. And, um, and if the Republican Party, uh, as Trump had said, you know, way back there that, you know, what do black people have to lose? Well, we said, well, put your money where, the, where your mouth is and tell us what do we have to gain by you being president of the United States? Well, those dollars never came. And there's, the RNC is still making commitments, but those dollars still aren't coming. So I don't anticipate on the national uh, um, platform that we're going to really get any significant dollars from. And, you know, I'm in D.C., so, right. you know, we're not going to get anything, right? It's what, well, we, yeah, <laughs> but well, you know, it's interesting that you said that, right? Because clearly when Bloomberg ran, there was, you know, there was, he spent a whole lot of money. And, yes, he did. Um, he said, oh, you know, people said, hey, you should spend money. And that's how you're going to attract, um, you know, black people by spending money in black newspapers. But let me back up and say that just because you give us money, if in fact the intent of how you give us money is not there. That does not buy the black vote. But exactly. I, right? We, we do know that. But right. at the same time, what, um, what I'm actually a little tired of, and, and I'll say it because it's real talk, is that you know I've been a part of a lot of different presidential campaigns. Mm -hmm. And of course, going back to when my dad was, to the, back to the 92 Clinton, 90, 96 Clinton, the 2000 Gore Lieberman, I can go on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. And it always, we want to give you the field dollars, right? The last minute, they want to pay people to get out and knock on doors, right? They right. want to go to churches and give churches the money, right? right. And, but when it comes to black press and meeting them in, at, the, at the beginning, right? That means telling a story at the beginning and continue to use black press as a way of getting the message out. It just never has happened. It hasn't even materialized. I have a good friend uh, with uh, Fuse Advertising that, you know, played a role in Obama's uh, campaign and, and stuff in terms of advertising. He's one of the top advertising firms in the country. And yet he's still getting pennies, right? Point is, if you're going to spend, uh, I'll back up to a story that Elijah Roger told me, who, you know, was one of my mentors from, from city administrator, very smart. And he always just said, hey, look, man, you put the money where the priority is, 
Right. Right. So exactly. we all know that the priority right now is to get uh, people of color and women to vote. That's mm -hmm. that's the priority. Exactly. That's as what they say. To, as it relates to people of color, it's to you know get them motivated and get to get the vote out. But yet, right. when we go to the expenditures to do that, it's probably less than two percent or one percent of all expenditures in that particular space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, until we start paying attention, well, let me say this, until the people that look like us that are in the DNC, that are part of these campaigns, if they don't demand it, then it's shame on them, right? Because they're sitting there, right? So mm -hmm. they have to also play a role. You know, don't tell me that you, I'm black and I'm part of the campaign, and yet you're still not playing a role to trickle down to make sure that the message, if there is a man, and that's what the Republicans too. Republicans got a significant amount of vote. Uh, in the last election, and they creating these black networks and doing all this other stuff, but they're yeah. still not spending the money. But so I agree with you 100% there, and and hopefully this message gets out there, and they'll just say, you know, we gotta do better, because they've well, been. Well, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Now I was just gonna say that you know from uh, from some of the black folks uh, in both on both sides of of the um, you know political landscape. Uh, it, it goes to show how much power influence they really do not have because they carry that water back. They tell the story. They, I mean, we, we believe, I truly believe that there's an effort on their part to make sure that advertising dollars are spent not only in black newspapers, but black, um, black owned, uh, radio stations, um, you know, bloggers, all of that, people that have influence, they're trying to get dollars in those in individuals pockets, just like yours or um, uh, others, um, but it doesn't, it just does not happen. And you realize they don't have any, any power where the dollars do flow are on the local elections. And that's where I think, I mean, that, that's where I think it's important for all of us anyway, to recognize that, yeah, you gotta, you know, you want to vote for your president and your vice president, but you also want to vote for your congressperson, your city council, your board of education, your local judges, that's where the money's being spent. And in many of us in our in local communities, many of the black newspapers and communities are doing okay. Uh, they are part of that conversation, they're part of the spend, they're part of the, um, um, while a lot of them may not do endorsements, uh, I know that we have and we have not, we kind of go back and forth on that. But the real thing is to make sure that we are articulating the issues and giving local candidates, because we want more black folks involved in the political process. We want more people running, more black people running for office. And their platforms, a lot of times it's dependent upon us to even qualify candidates because the white press in their communities will ignore them if they don't have um, whatever it takes you know, to, to get the white press's attention. Whereas we're encouraging, as long as we think you're a viable candidate, you know what I mean? That, and that, you know, you have yeah. to figure that part out because we do true. have interesting folks that run for office, you know, just out of the hat, I'm going to, I'm going to be president or mayor. But um, yeah, but that's where, that's where the dollars are spent. And I think that's where our, our greatest power and influence lies. You know, it's interesting, you know, my daughter vote, voted for the first time. She just turned mm. 18. And yes. This primary came when she voted for the first time. So we, you know, we, we got up, we went to the polls. She had her, you know, 2020 F and Matter shirt on. 
And the, you know, a couple nights before, you know, I thought I'd kind of give her the old, you know, the old school, hey, you know, you know, tell her about some candidates, right? That's what I thought right. I was doing. I would be the, be the good dad, right? Get dad was going to try to get her informed so she could make an informed decision. And right. she basically told me, you know, I've already researched the candidates. I've already <laughs> re I was like, whoa. And she said, the first thing I want to know, if they made any comments regarding the issues that were taking place right then. And that, and that had to do with the Black Lives Matter. She wanted to know, you know, what they, who they um, uh, were spending their advertising money with. Did they talk about, you know, I was like, whoa, at 18. This is what she told me. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she told me. Kwame, would you expect any different, Kwame? No, She's I, your I, daughter. I, true, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, you never know that, right? You don't know well, that's true. you have that's true. that moment, right? Right, right. thinking, right. okay, she good. But then part of me said, hey, you know, you better check with her because if you don't, then you're going to be like the people that you talk to and say, you should talk to your kid before they vote so they can make informed decisions. So I thought I'd do that. And I was surprised. She surprised me, told me to shut up. She had it. She figured it out. She right. didn't tell me who she was voting for. And she went in there and she did her thing. But it right. goes back to your point. How many on a local level people are even because you and I know this election and, I, you know, this election is an important election here locally. Mm -hmm. and you have 22. I just heard 22 candidates. Uh, Martin from WAMU, which is on with me, uh, 22 candidates running for the at large position. It's now, crazy. And you and I know mm -hmm. that. You know, this race and this election cycle, you know, uh, Ward 7 and Wards 8, uh, you know, because those are, you know, competitive races from an at-large perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and there are people on the ballot in those particular wards as well as Ward 4. Um, you know, they're going to be coming through east of the river in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. It's curious, to, and they're going to be wanting to vote, right? People ain't never seen these 22 candidates before in life, but they're going to come through and they're going to want to vote. Well, some of them. I say 19 of them you haven't seen. And, you know, it's interesting to see how many of them actually reach out. And I, I'm going to look, I'm going to pick up the informer and I'm going to see how many are advertising with the informer. And they can't say they don't have the money because they're, you know, public elections. That means I'm paying some of the money. So I want to see where they spend some of that money, right? Because we're all right. publicly, they're all publicly financing their campaigns. So I'm going to take a look at it and see where they're spending their money with. More, more importantly, and I don't need any advertising dollars. Let them know I don't need anything. But I mm -hmm. want to see if you are spending money uh, with uh, black newspapers uh, in the city. So um, I want to get back to the black black press role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have you been contacted from some of these national media companies regarding your thoughts? And because, you know, you're on the ground. Uh, you you are you are black press in Washington, D.C. and have been. And have they, anyone talked to you about what your thoughts, what people are saying on the ground, get your opinions? Well, thank you for asking for my opinion, Kwame Brown. I'm so glad to give it on the real talk. Uh, other than uh, the recently um, launched, uh, what is it, the Black News, Black News Channel? Mm -hmm. uh, I know I've appeared on that a couple of times, but no, no one's asked asked. For, for, for my opinion or anyone from our staff uh, at the Washington Informer. I mean, we have, a, I think, a fantastic editor, Kevin McNair. And, um, you know, we've been covering these stories. I think we have a great team of writers. And um, none, have, none of us have been called. And I would even go so far as to say that um, uh, my, our sister, I call it our sister publication because although we are competitors uh, in this market, that's the Afro, uh, but I, I don't think they've even been called uh, for any, uh, um, you know, 
to to express our opinions about anything. So, but I mean, no, that's that's well, just well, stop me, there. Me, I'm, well, you know, let me interrupt you and say this, right? Because mm -hmm. it's always real talk. It just amazes me in a city where you know we got Black Lives play, uh, you know Plaza created. We have you know every time I watch the news, every time I read. Uh, I don't want to call it because I think you're mainstream. So I don't keep keep talking this mainstream. Oh, these like they're over there and you're over here. When when I see this other paper, and they're talking about our city, and everyone's talking about our city, and no one's called, the, you know, and they're talking about journalism and people on the ground. Mm -hmm. and we got people mm -hmm. from from England and people from I mean people from everywhere, everywhere. Are here mm -hmm. covering their story mm -hmm. and they're talking to people and they haven't talked to you guys. I think that's one of the messages that I continue to hear from from different folks, not only in Washington, D.C., but other major cities, is that there are a lot of local black press that are being left out of a conversation that actually talks about black people, right? Exactly. <laughs> which is, which is made. So if you're watching, hey, you know, everybody knows I'm telling the truth. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to what is, what is the type of perspective that you feel the informer brings to the table and the discussion as it relates to what's taking place in our country right now? Well, I think uh, uh, most importantly, because we've been covering black folks ever since we've been around since 1964, and we fall in the footsteps of so many other black-owned newspapers, um, which became in existence since 1827. So we know about the black experience. We live it. We've talked about it. We had no, we had, didn't have to, I have a big debate over whether we were going to capitalize the word B or not in our stories. We've always used uh, capital B to talk about, uh, to describe black people. And so, um, you know, when, when, when this thing blew up, I mean, how many demonstrations have we covered over the years of police involved shootings? How many demonstrations have we covered where police weren't available? when uh, or didn't come in time when there was an incident and the community called out for help. How many stories do we have to cover or have we covered about the lack of, uh, of uh, accessible health care? We've got health care, affordable health care in the district, but access to health care. How many stories have we covered about the inequities in education, the unavailability of, of affordable housing? I mean, those are headlines every single week. So it was no surprise to us. It's never been a surprise when, you know, the powder, the powder keg explodes because it's only a matter of time. And, and people get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then also we have uh, been, been closely watching, like your daughter, what's happening with young people, this generation. I mean, we, we covered the demonstrations at Howard University when they took over the building yeah. uh, most, what, about two years ago. Um, that was an indication of what was going to happen when they, when the, uh, they wanted to shut down GoGo uh, and folks took over 14th and, and U Street. I mean, that was an indication of what was, you know, of the climate of the city. So, um, you know, we just keep doing what we keep doing. This is just another chapter in the story of, of black inequality in this country. And we've been telling this story for over, not the Washington Informer, but the black press has been telling this story for well over 100 years. You know, I think now it's probably about 150 some years. Right. So, um, you know, uh, but at the same time, 
we also uh, don't find it unusual to tell the stories, you know, about, you know, a Kwame Brown, you know, who became probably, I think, the youngest chair of the, of the um, when you became chair of the, um, the council, you know, we was chair, right? Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that was not, um, that was, that was a, 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 not an unusual story to tell. It's not, I mean, to, what would, uh, the positive things that young people and all people, black people, poor people that are doing in the city, there's so much positive news uh, that we port, report on a daily basis to sort of juxtapose against the, the, the unequal positions that we find ourselves in. But there's so much that we've been able to do with so little. And that, those are the stories that we can have always told and will continue to tell. You know, it's 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 also and I know that it's a it's sometimes a, a balancing act also. Right. Because you have uh, newspapers such as yourselves and other media outlets that are black owned that also have to survive and be a business. Right. And sometimes people forget that aspect of it. So not only are you fighting to tell a story that others may not tell or don't tell or may not tell it in a way that that is told out of the eyes of someone that looks like the story they're talking about. But then you have advertisers that, you know, don't advertise as much to a community that they actually want to reach. Right. right? So while you're out trying to grow your business, while you're out trying to produce revenue so you can tell better stories because you guys have done a phenomenal job in getting your reporters out, covering the things where people aren't there, like you just mentioned. Well, all that costs money too, right? So you have, no question. To, you have a balance of trying to figure that out. And I, I want to kind of step back to uh, the time, probably I think 2005 or six, where you know you and others came and was talking about how do you get the the city itself to spend more money in local newspapers, i.e black owned newspapers, especially uh, in the areas of, of health care, areas of education, in an area where a lot of your audience has, a, you know, has an interest, right? Uh, interest in what's being told, interest in the outcomes, and interest in you know, how to make things a better or programs that are being administered that they just need to have access to. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I think it was you, it was Davis Kennedy. I think Davis Kennedy was right. there mm -hmm. at, at, the, at the time. Uh, how is that Whose paper has gone out of business now? I mean, it's sad, was, but it's gone. Yeah, I was going to say that. Mm -hmm. and, and they were another, you know, when you look at it, you had the former and you had the current. And in my mm -hmm. opinion, you had, you know, the tale of two stories, but yet uh, the soul and the heart of trying to bring balance, a balance to a different set of readers that gives them a different perspective than the eyes that actually are looking and reading the story. But like you said, they're out of business, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and nobody, nobody's talking about they're out of business. They're gone. And, and right. we're still advertising in these big newspapers, these big conglomerates. I mean, my goodness, I see advertisements for DC and some papers in, in, in uh, you know, in Maryland and Virginia. I'm like, what, what is this? How do you know, mm -hmm. you know, I, I they, my neighbor needs this and I'm reading, you know, <laughs> but anyway, we won't go there. I want yeah. to move on because you know I can go there because it's always yeah. real talk. So I'm trying to trying to hold back, but I will say that we are going to look at those expenditures because we think that's important too. Right now, I've oh, yeah. never seen so many people love black people. 
I mean, I've met anyone that didn't love any black people. <laughs> no, so we love black people. Everybody yeah, we are people. definitely the flavor people, of the month. So right. I'm saying, man, since we all love black people, we all saying that we want to promote black people. We need to do more for black people. This is a great time to kind mm -hmm. of take a look at it over the next six months to figure out where we are. One, it is a budget process, so now it's good to see how we're allocating the resources in the budget because the government is about the allocation of resources. Yes. And as you well know, I think I'm one of the brightest budget minds that the city's ever seen, probably why, not, why I'm not there anymore, but you can take those dollars during the budget process and you can allocate them in a way that actually meets the common goal, right? And the common goal is how to put more money into, and they can do that. So, you know, I'm going to be talking to some of the members just saying, hey, where, where are we? Since we all love black people and we want to promote black people and we want to promote black businesses, we're going to put the money right there and we get the Good thing about it is we got the next 30, 45 days and there'll be a finalized budget and we can see exactly where everyone is because we'll see where the money is being allocated to. Good I point. I move mm -hmm. on to something exciting that you guys have going on at the former and that is Win TV. TV. And that's what I want our <laughs> folks to know. I want them, hey, it's coming. Tell me about Win TV. Tell me about what made you put this together uh, uh, and, and where are you going with it? So let's just say that, um, you know, this, this COVID-19 was the mother of necessity for the Washington Informer. I mean, just think, first let me back up a little bit and say that we realized many years ago that, um, you know, the future of print journalism was threatened. And uh, while we believe um, that there's still a lot of folks that want to get print newspapers, uh, and we hear it all the time. You know, we don't want you to get rid of the informer. We want we we like having that that you know that paper in our hands, the ink you know yeah. between our fingers or whatever. So, uh, but the reality is is there. I mean, the advertising dollars are beginning to move on uh, digital platforms. Um, video is extreme. I mean, video they say right now is is uh, gold, and um, you know. So we were you know just trying to figure out how we were going to make this transition, taking one slow step at a time. And the next thing we knew, COVID hit. Um, we had to reduce our press run um, from uh, two, uh, two thirds, uh, um, had to reduce the press run and um, uh, trying to figure out, you know, we, we were still out there covering stories. We still had uh, a community to cover. Uh, and particularly a black community that was um, uh, disproportionately impacted by this virus. And so that meant that, you know, how do we get these stories out and how do we get them out quickly? And how do we talk to people who are basically stuck in their houses? Hmm. hmm. Let's try this. Uh, <laughs> let's try this video thing and let's see if this works. So we launched what we called, you know, uh, uh, a Washington Informer. We, it was Washington Informer TV. And then because we use WIN for just about everything we do, which is an acronym for Washington Informer News, we just decided, you know, to call it WIN TV. We started doing it on a Wednesday. Um, we had so many um, challenges with uh, trying to get this, you know, what, what platform to use and how we could actually, we had, we had big ideas, but um, uh, small, a small cap capability, small learning, you know, a large learning curve, but not really knowing how we were going to do it. So fortunately, we got some advice from a lot of folks transitioned uh, to, to Friday uh, at noon, which is the date and time that we uh, uh, do our broadcast, which is on YouTube and, and Facebook. 
and um, Instagram. So, um, you know, it's been now probably, see, eight, ten weeks we've been doing Win TV. And um, it's still a work in progress. Uh, I can't compete with, uh, you know, real talk. But, you know, we want to be at least on the same level. <laughs> and um, you, you know, the good thing about it is what's we that? never compete. We never compete. You know, what we do we is compliment. we it's, it's a You know, we never compete. It's always, it's enough for everyone. It's yes, enough information yeah. for everyone. And we need more people that look like us uh, reporting. We need more people than us with shows uh, that actually have the right heart and actually in for the right thing. So right. Look, I'm, I've, I've learned so much uh, from uh, your family and that newspaper. Uh, that you would never, ever, ever be competing. You, we're just, we're just, you're just teaching me with how to do what I do over here. That's all. Very inspiration. But it's, it's Win TV. W I N T V. It comes on Fridays. Fridays right. at noon. You can catch it out on Facebook. You'll see it right there on the screen later on. You'll see screen wait Facebook. You can check out on uh, YouTube TV. Exactly. Once you do mm -hmm. me a favor, when you go to Facebook, make sure you click. That's right. You click the area that allows you to get the notification when it comes on. So if you're not on not on your phone, you're not on Facebook, guess what? You can click and you can see Win TV. The same thing with YouTube. When you go to Win TV YouTube channel, click the word subscribe. That's right. Click click the word subscribe so you can what? Subscribe. So you can be right. a, a good old member of the Win TV fan club or just be able to get it. And if you don't see it on Fridays, Look, we're all tech. We, we understand technology. You can just go to Facebook and right. watch it again. And That's right. Instead of going to Netflix, you can just take this holiday weekend Sunday and watch all the different shows that they have. That's right. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Because, you know, we pull stories from the paper and we use our reporters uh, to interview some of the folks that we talk to in the newspaper. So we bring the paper to life. And um, we've got a lot of interesting things planned moving forward. So it's going to be, um, if, if it's not this uh, 4th of July weekend, uh, the next big memorial, uh, holiday weekend, we'll have a lot for you to watch. So I appreciate that plug, Kwame. No, I really no, no. do. Hey, look, one, I look forward to continue to watch it, watch the show. Um, you know, one, always proud of uh, what you guys are, are doing and what you guys have been able to accomplish. And, you know, it's nothing like seeing a strong black woman run that thing and make that thing possible and keeping it going and growing because it's, you know, very few people, especially women of color, that's out here in this industry. And sometimes, you know, even as black men, we forget how difficult and how much of a challenge it is to be in this, be in this fight every day and to keep it, what, real. It's easy not to be real in this industry, right? You can just not be real and probably, you know, do very well. But mm -hmm. if you have a conscience and you want to sleep at night, comes a little bit difficult uh, to kind of do what, what you do every single day. So I just want to say hats off to you and your entire team. Um, you got it. Hey, if you haven't picked up the Washington Informer, you know where to get it. Pick it up. Look it online. I'll put the website there online so people can see what the website is, YouTube channel, and Facebook. Uh, Denise, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for stopping by the Always Real Talk studio. Love it. Thank you. Good luck right. to you too, Kwame. Talk to you hey, soon. Absolutely. Well, you know, if it's always real talk, I'm Kwame Brown. You know it's going to be real. <laughs>